my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. This is a show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. G'day friends, it's Pastor Will here, pastor of the Paravista Angola Adventist Churches in South Australia. I want to thank you for joining our live show today. My co-host in the studio with me today is Pastor Brenton Wilkinson. Pastor Brennan, welcome to have you in the studio. Thank you, Will. It's uh, good to be on air again. We've had a Christmas break, you and I. We've been away, but now we're back again. Yes. I'd like to say a special shout-out to a young lady by the name of Miriam today, who I believe is listening. I had a conversation with her on the phone the other day, and she's one of our Faith FM listeners. Lovely. uh, That's great. So, Miriam, if you're uh, out there, a big shout-out to you today. Praise God. Well, thank you for um, that introduction. And Miriam, we want to say thank you for tuning in. If you are listening, we hope that you enjoy our show, as well as the rest of our faithful uh, drive time listeners. And if you're new to our show today, we want to thank you for choosing to spend the next few minutes with us today. We're coming live from our Faith FM studio here in South Australia. We're starting off a brand new theme for the week. How reasonable is a biblical worldview? And we're going to be unpacking that uh, for the rest of this week, our team uh, as well. But tonight's topic, Kaiser Brennan, we're going to be looking at this idea about how reasonable is a uh, biblical worldview. Yes. And so um, that's what we're going to be looking at um, today. In fact, not how, what is a biblical, uh, correct me, My the question that we're looking at is what is a biblical worldview? Yes. Does the Christian church... Have a biblical worldview. Yeah. Yeah, they're the two questions, basically, that we're going to yeah. be looking at. Um, and it's interesting. Yeah, praise God. Interesting um, So we hope that you'll be uh, tuning in. And uh, we've got a free book offer that we're going to promote in a few moments uh, in our show today. Uh, but we are typically at this part of the show, before we dive into our topic, um, before we promote the book offer, we have what we call our World Watch segment, where we look at an article, something that we'd like to share with our listeners. What I thought we'd do today, Pastor Brandon, because it's our first time back in the studio for 2024, yes, first I thought... Together. You know, I was thinking as we were talking off air, just before we uh, jumped on, we were getting a sense of what we got up to in these last number of weeks. Um, you know, I, I was away for four weeks and you were away as well. And I thought just for the first World Watch segment to kind of digress from what we would normally do and just spend a few minutes just sure. uh, sharing with our listeners things we got up to and just more of a, just a time to, before we kind of, hit the ground running for this year um, just to walk into our studio just to spend a few minutes just reflecting on yes. on God's goodness. You know, I'm reminded, uh, Pastor Brennan, what the Bible says in Psalm 100. It says there in in uh, verses 1 to 4, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And I love the next couple of verses. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving thanksgiving. and into his courts courts with with praise. praise. You know the text very well, Pastor Brendan. Yes, I know them. He says, goes on in verse 4, Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. You know, we often quote that reference when we start a worship service. But I felt impressed, Pastor Brendan, to... In the spirit of the the psalmist, 
to begin our show yes. today yep. with uh, uh, just to reflect on God's goodness and thanksgiving. So Absolutely. I hope our listeners, if you don't mind, we are digressing from our usual World Watch segment where we're just going to just to share just yeah, a few moments. Um, so Pastor Brandon, I might start it off or you, you I was away for... You go, you're the one who's traveled the furthest. <laughs> <laughs> so just we're a very... calling you the long distance yeah. traveler. What, where was it? So, Sydney, yeah. Melbourne, Brisbane. Yeah, we went no, to... not S- Melbourne, but Sydney and Brisbane, yeah. I think you were at, weren't you? Yeah, so yeah. We, we left uh, towards the end of December. We spent <clears throat> Christmas in Sydney. Uh, we drove all the way there. And uh, me and my wife and my four-year-old, Naraya, uh, spent Christmas with my side of the family. Hey, let me ask you a question. How many yeah. times did she say, are we there yet? Oh, <laughs> you must be a proper husband because Naraya no, actually said a, that. I'm not a problem. She said that quite many times. <laughs> are we un- there yet? <laughs> until we had to say, look, stop asking. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, spent Christmas um, in Sydney, got to see my, my family there, and uh, were there for Christmas. And right up New Year's, New Year's Eve, we drove up north, spent the night in Coffs Harbour, and then yes. um, then we ended up travelling further up north to uh, to my wife's side of the family in Brisbane. Stayed there for a, about a week, um, and then we made the the slow trek back to Adelaide. Um, that's wow. a very quick um, synopsis. But so, how many days did it take you to get back from Brisbane to Adelaide? To Brisbane. Um, three about a, about three, yeah, about two three. and a half. Yeah, yeah we sp- right. I think we spent two nights um, in, yeah, on the road. On the road, yeah. But I can tell you by virtue of the weekend. So, um, <laughs> for, the for the last Sabbath of the uh, year, yeah. Um, and you were we, me we were in that. Sydney, my home church, yeah. or the last two actually, which yeah. was the December twenty three and the December thirty. And the first Sabbath of the year, we were. In Brisbane, went to Springwood Church, yeah, met the lovely so folks saying. over at Springwood Adventist Church. And then the week after that, which was January 6th, we were, we happened to be back in Kurumbong. We, we spent the Sabbath there at Memorial Adventist Church. Right. And then we, um, continued on with our trip, uh, you know, slowly back to, you to know Adelaide. what you need to do on the holidays? You and I both, I think. What's that? We need to have a badge for our holidays. On holidays, no, no <laughs> <Yeah>. sermons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I should have, but, um, but, uh, no, but, but, you know, I guess what I want to share with our listeners today, just one thing I was very cognizant of is, uh, Pastor Brandon is, as we know that during the time, you know, during Christmas time and just times where people go for breaks that, you know, that the roads are, you know, it's, it can be place. dangerous. So one of the things I, I, clearly remember Pastor Brennan, I want to share this with our listeners, is during long stretches of that drive, um, going through Wagga, you know, Mildura, you know, all you know, all the way yes. up to um yeah. Brisbane, just just um just praying and just thanking yes. God for each yes. part of the stop yeah. we found ourselves in. I, I I remember when we finally got back into Adelaide, you know, when we, after our long trip, just opening that front door of the house and just oh. a just a sigh of relief. It's great oh, to we, be home. Yeah, home is and, where and the you home know, is. I couldn't help but um, we just thank God and just thank yes. God for not only the you know seeing family, seeing friends, um, seeing. Um, just seeing people you love and people you don't often get to see in the course of the year, mm. but just thanking God for, you know, that the three of us were able to make it back. And so I just want to give a very short thanksgiving for for what for how God has protected me and my family during mm-hmm. our trip and uh, that we're back safe and sound in, in Adelaide. And for those listening as well, you've probably been away or you've been able to head interstate or maybe even across the country uh, overseas internationally and 
And uh, if you're listening to this, um, we can all say thank you and thank you to the Lord for protecting us and keeping us all safe. Yes. So that's my, uh, I mean, there's a bit more to share, but <coughs> but yeah, generally went went to Sydney, went to Brisbane, and we came um, a long ways back home here to South Australia. How about yourself, Pastor Brandon? Did you get to go anywhere yes, in the break? Yes. Uh, after Christmas, uh, the day after Christmas, we went to Melbourne. My wife's uh, niece got married, and so we went there. And <clears throat> Melbourne lived up to its reputation, for all those Melbournians listening. Uh, the weather one day was quite warm, and another day when we got up in the morning, it was quite drizzly and and wet. Uh, by the time we'd got back to Horsham on the way back to Adelaide, it was about 35 degrees. So, so it wow, sort of 35. Yeah, 30, wow, scorcher. It had certainly changed fairly significantly. One of the things uh, that I, I did recently uh, was to conduct a funeral. Now, I don't generally talk about funerals on air, but... This was a dear friend of ours, that um, a young lady that I'd worked with for a number of years, and she passed away as a result of, um, I guess for want of a better term, alcohol abuse. Uh, she was Indigenous, and um, I conducted her service only about a fortnight ago, actually. Uh, okay. What, what really hit me was thinking about her three children that were left behind who are now oh, wow. basically orphans because with her gone and uh, there's no father in the picture anywhere it's 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 a very different a very difficult situation but <clears throat> i believe despite all of that uh, she was wanting to come back to the Lord. She was wanting to come back to church. Yeah. In fact she'd even talked last year about coming up to our camp meeting and she had spent time at Mummerapa College, and there are probably people who are listening to this program who have either been to Mummerapa College or maybe are planning to go there. Uh, she had been there a number of years ago and, and spent some time there, and I remember helping her with her assignments when she came back to South Australia. I think the good thing about uh, funerals, if there is a good thing, because the thing we've got to remember is it really gets to me, Will, when I go to funerals and I get told that death is a friend. No, death is not a friend. Death is an enemy. Yeah. God never des- God never designed that there be death in this world. Yeah. Death came as a result of sin. But we have the assurance that the life giver is coming again fairly soon. Um, some of the other good things that have happened to me, <laughs> and uh, some people on there will probably identify with this, I never have considered myself to be a gardener. Um, last year, probably during my retirement, <laughs> I spent quite a significant amount of time with my dear wife in the garden. Actually, I probably shifted about four tonnes of soil in total, and then we put all you know the usual stuff in it. We put fertiliser in it. We put sugar cane and all the rest. <laughs> our, our garden has really gone ahead, and... The reason it's really gone ahead is because of God's goodness. Um, I'm reminded of uh, the text in Scripture or the story in Scripture where one plants another waters and then the the increase come, but God gives the increase. Yeah. Well, 
you put the plants in and for weeks and weeks and weeks you don't seem to see much in the way of growth you're going through the winter period maybe you're putting in uh, plants or vegetables that are winter vegetables and you know that if it gets too hot they're not going to handle that too well and then you put in others a bit later in the year that you know are going to come to fruition probably around about this time of year when it gets really hot for, right. for instance tomatoes I've got tomatoes growing in the back yard in our garden and the, some of the tomatoes are still green and the reason they're green is we have a great big loquit tree in front yeah. of our house okay. and it's shading that area of the garden and they're not growing but the other parts of the garden where the sun is shining they're growing um, we've got uh, apple cucumbers, we've got all sorts of things in the garden squash, right. zucchinis so on and so forth. I've only named about half of the things we've got in the garden. But it's just so good to see them grow because you go out in the morning, you go to the tank to buy <coughs> to get hold of a, a container of water to take in and fill our water container that we have inside, and you look at all these things and you say none of these things would grow if it wasn't for God's love right. and God's yeah. goodness to us. And I think that... Um, I think of the text, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and everything in it. Yeah. Uh, he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Everything that grows, if you're into microbiology or if you're into uh, botany and that sort of thing and you start to understand how plants develop and how yeah. vegetables and fruit grow and all that sort of thing, all of that comes from God. Yeah, praise God. And uh, it was been a real pleasure over the last few weeks to get out in the garden every yeah. morning nearly and pick either tomatoes or cucumbers or something yeah something out of the garden so i'd like to thank the lord for a good holiday break no we didn't do the traveling you did thankfully yep. <laughs> <laughs> i think i've done enough traveling yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it's so good to know that god still cares for us even when we're going through hard times. Yeah. And, and when we're going through good times, I think we need to remember, and one thing I'd, I'd like to do is a shout-out to our listeners today. Remember God in the good times. Yeah. Don't just remember him in the bad times. Yeah. Who knows what 2024 is going to bring for you, Correct. for me, for the rest of our presenters in drive time. I'd like to think that <clears throat> our relationship to Jesus will grow this year. But I want it to grow too when the times are good, yeah. not just when they're bad, because often when the times are good are the times that we rem or forget Correct. to thank him for it. Praise God. Hey, thank you for sharing, Pastor Brendan's um and so there's a lot we could be grateful for and sure, certainly for our listeners I'm sure as you're listening there's things that um, just reflecting on, on the last few weeks you've had whether you you know spend time with family, loved ones here or interstate or abroad that um, God is still on his throne and God is worthy to be praised and so we, we just want to kickstart off our first show uh, for today and for our year we just do. with a we sense do. of gratitude to how God has led and is leading each and every one of our lives. In other lives. words, we should cultivate a attitude of gratitude. I think you've heard wow, that that's saying. that's the statement there. We should there. cultivate an, an attitude, attitude of gratitude. gratitude. I love that it. should be love our the theme for this year. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to go to a break, but before we do, we want to promote our book offer. And we have a wonderful book offer that we'd love to offer for you today for our listeners. Um, the book is entitled, which is going along the, along the lines of our theme about a biblical worldview. The book is entitled, How to Study Your Bible. And it is by author and evangelist Peter Gregory. 
So it's one thing to believe the Bible and accept that it is a message from God. It's all fine and good, but it's quite another thing to know how to read it, to study it, yes. and to discover the divine yeah. message within it. And what Peter does in this book is he gives you tools that you'll need to understand God's Word. He offers step-by-step insights that will deeply enrich any Bible study experience and revive your Christian walk. Hey, if you would look, just give you a, a couple of... Uh, a snippet of some of the chapters in the book, preparing to study. There's a chapter beginning Bible study. There's a chapter there, Paul's mentoring of Timothy. There's a chapter there, building on Paul's counsel to Timothy. Uh, the tools and mechanics of Bible studies. And there's a chapter entitled study to show thyself approved. If you would like a free copy of the book, how to study your Bible in introduction by Peter Gregory, all you need to do is text the code SA200, SA200. You need to text that code here to the number in our studio, 04888880811, and we'll get your details and we'll get that book out to you as soon as we can. So once again, How to Study Your Bible, an introduction by Peter Gregory. If you'd like a free copy for yourself or a friend, all you need to do is text the code SA200, SA200, to the number 04888880811. And we'll get that book out to you as soon as we can. Please don't go away. We'll be back in just a few moments. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A.
Fount of every blessing. We hope you enjoyed our song today. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with myself, Pastor Will, and Pastor Brenton Wilkinson here in the studio. Our theme for this week that we are starting with, we're dealing with how reasonable is a biblical worldview. And uh, that's what we're looking at today. But the question that Pastor Brendan and I will be looking at is what is a biblical worldview and does the Christian church have a biblical worldview. And so that's what we'll be attempting to look at. Hey, we will. Just before we uh, kickstart this off, Pastor Brent, I just want to reiterate one more time. If you're listening at home and, and you're, you're near your phone, um, why don't you text us in, during the course of our conversation? If you've got a question or comment you want to uh, just send us while we were talking here in the studio, please, by all means, why don't you uh, send us a text and comment? We'll do our best to include it in our show today. 04888 8081. Love to hear from you wherever you're tuning in from. So go ahead, Pastor Brennan. Talk to our, our audience today about this concept of a biblical worldview and is, what is it when we talk about this idea of a biblical worldview? Well, a biblical worldview, that we're meant to be looking at two questions. What is a biblical worldview? Yes. What, number one. And the second one is should Christians have a biblical worldview? So what I'm going to do in our study time today is to answer the first question first. I think the obvious answer to the second question should be Christians should have a biblical yeah. worldview. Sure. However... This is where it becomes interesting. Dr. George Barner, uh, I know you've looked at his research and I have too. He's probably close to the world's foremost authority, I would say, on Christian research and on people's religious thinking and and what's going on. He's now the director of the Cultural Research Centre of the Arizona Christian... um, I'll get it in a minute. The Arizona Christian University... And they did a survey recently, not that long ago at all, actually, where they surveyed about 2,000 people in total, and they asked them 54 worldview questions. What is a worldview question? It's a question on a number of different topics, but it explores area of your life, such as your behaviour, your intellect, your emotions, and those sorts of things, and how... Those beliefs that you allege that you have that are in the survey that you're responding to, how they affect your, not just your thinking processes, but actually what you do. In other words, are they being translated into action? Or are they just beliefs such as, you know, airy fairy, pie in the sky type beliefs? Or are they being translated into action? The way you work, the way you see the world, the way you treat other people, the way you treat people in your, um, 
church community and so on and so forth. <coughs> what he found in the research is that seven out of tens of ten Americans claim to be Christians. Surprise, surprise. What's not so clear is I did my own research and I thought, well, we could look at that. That's America. People will be saying that's America. <coughs> what about Australia? Well, in Australia, six out of ten Australians claim to believe in God or a God or in some sort of life force or spirit or something like that. 29% of Australians claim to believe in a personal God and 31% claim to believe in there's something out there or a life right. force or something like that. Now, this is interesting because last Friday I was down at uh, a town not that far from Adelaide where I was asked to organise another funeral uh, for some uh, a dear old gentleman who had passed away at a fairly advanced age. And I met the widow and also the daughter-in-law and we got to talking about spiritual things and I mentioned the word prayer and they said, oh, no, 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 this person wasn't religious. Uh, we don't know about prayer and I, I just explained to them a little bit about prayer and in the end I, I just said, well, look, if you don't want prayer in this service, we won't have it. But um, it's interesting that uh, the daughter-in-law piped up and said, Oh, I believe, you know, I believe there's something out there. <laughs> so when you're talking about biblical worldviews, what is a biblical worldview? A biblical worldview has to be based on somebody, not right. something. Otherwise, it's very esoteric and you don't really learn anything at all um, from what is a worldview. If you said what is a biblical worldview, surely the first place you would go is back to the scriptures and Correct. see what a biblical worldview is there. This is, these are some interesting statistics from America. 21% of evangelical Protestants and 16% of charismatic Christians have a biblical worldview. This is in America. Now, they're, they're not high percentages, but I'm, the reason I'm using these is for a reason. The number of Americans having a biblical worldview has declined by 50% in the last 25 years. So what was the figure I started out with? 6% of people who claim to be Christians have a biblical worldview. But it's higher amongst groups, Will, that have what I call a higher view of the Bible. Now, Christians who have a higher view of the Bible are people who believe that God's word is inspired, it's infallible. Yep. You, know, you know the text, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for right. prof for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction into righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished for all good works. <clears throat> Those Christians who have a higher view of the Bible have a much higher percentage of having a biblical worldview. It's 21% compared with 8% of those who think there's a bit of a problem with that belief and there's a bit of a problem with that belief. In other words, people who claim to be Christians but have a lower view of the Bible and is the Bible inerrant, right. is it accurate, can we believe everything it says, what about the resurrection, did it really happen, and so on and so forth. You've heard the, the stuff on yep. social media, on, on the media and that sort of thing. 
You've heard people talk about these things where they question this and they question that. They do it in such a way that eventually the Bible just ends up being a book with some pages, but most of the pages have been ripped out because you can't really believe this and you can't really believe that. So for those who do believe it, and then you have the 54% of USA adults who claim to be notional Christians. I guess a notional Christian would be, we would describe them as somebody who... um, believes in God allegedly, never goes to church, or the C&E Christians. You know what a C&E yeah, Christian is, Yeah, I think I do. <laughs> Christmas and Easter. <laughs> so these people, they're 54% of the USA adults. They have virtually, virtually none of them. It's half of 1% of that group who have a biblical worldview. So a biblical worldview, I believe, starts with where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? There are three questions that um, I think are fairly valid in order to develop a biblical worldview if you don't already have one. For those who are Christians who are listening and believe that God created them in six days, as the Bible teaches, you will find that <clears throat> those people would uh, no doubt have a biblical worldview yeah. because they would understand where they came from. They came from the hand of God as the creator. I mean, Genesis 1 1 is an interesting verse, isn't it? In the beginning, God created right. the heaven and the earth. Boom. That's it. <laughs> it's not a question. <laughs> it's not a subject for discussion. It's a statement. <laughs> Correct. Moses wrote uh, the book of Genesis, we believe, in the wilderness while he was tending to sheep. He also wrote the book of Job, probably in the same area. So. We start out with, shall we say, a proposition. The proposition is that God created the heaven and the earth in the beginning. We don't know exactly when, and it's not worth speculating about it. But if you're going to develop a worldview that is going to, a biblical worldview, (coughs) that is going to influence not only your intellect, your emotions and all the rest of it, and your spiritual responses to life and the world around you, you have to start somewhere. And this is the place, I believe, where we should start. Right. And I like the latter part of chapter 1. Whenever I read those verses that say, and the Lord God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the cattle and every living thing. So if you're going to develop develop a biblical worldview, your biblical worldview has, surely has to be based around where did I come from? I came from the hand of God. Why am I here? Yep. According to the verses I've just quoted, the reason you're here is you're here to look after God's creation. That's part of what man was created for. And the fact that because of sin we've destroyed the relationship that we have with the animals and with, in fact, all of God's creation is is very sad, but it doesn't alter the fact that that's why God created us in the first place. So there, that's a starting point, I believe. In Australia, uh, things have changed fairly significantly. Uh from the point of view that, let's say, Will, probably three generations ago, most people went to church. Most people don't go to church today. 
Yeah. And uh, young people, you meet young people and, uh, you know, they're wonderful. Some of them are really wonderful people. But they don't know anything about God, many of them. The only time they ever go to church is a wedding, maybe a baptism, a funeral or something like yeah, that. You yeah. never see them in church yeah. other than that because they, whether only they know the reasons as to why they don't attend uh, the house of God. Maybe they're never brought up to know who God was. Right. So what you've <laughs> obviously, if you've got that void in society, something has to change. And the thinking has changed. Since the 1990s, we've had things like postmodernism, Marxism. <laughs> yes, we've got that in Australia too. And in particular, a secular worldview, which is what's held by most people these days. And they're uh, reflected in our values. Do you know what the <coughs> values of Australians are in 2024? Let me share them with you just very quickly. Go ahead. Our belief system is summed up as freedom. We want freedom. We want respect for others, and you hear a lot about that today. We're always on about or being lectured about the fact that we need to respect other people. We need to respect their belief system. We need to respect their religion if they have one, etc. And we need to respect them if they don't have one. We need to. Um, we as a nation believe that fairness and equality of opportunity is for everyone. Now I'm quoting that from the department for human resources, or human services, I should say. <laughs> There's nothing actually wrong with fairness, <laughs> respect for others, freedom, and equality of opportunity. There's something missing, though. It's not a biblical worldview. Right. It's a secular worldview. <laughs> What's your thinking on the, on the subject? What would you say? What are some of the things that you would think that if you were um, – putting together, articulating a biblical worldview. Do you agree with what we've said so far? Yeah. Where have we come from? Why are we here and where yeah. are we going? Do you believe that they're parts of what we should be doing? Yeah. Um, Any thoughts on it? Yeah. Well, I'm just looking at this article here that i got in front of me, um, and I'd like to share with our listeners, from, from the Barna Institute. Yes. And um, it's talking about... Uh, a biblical worldview. And what the article suggests, um, Pastor Brennan, for our listeners today, um, is that a biblical worldview in the article that I'm looking at currently has six, I guess, general, um, six key, uh, components, um, to what it means to be, uh, to have a biblical worldview. I'll just read it. It's just a few lines here, Pastor Brennan. It says a biblical worldview was defined, um, according to this uh, particular yes, research yes. that Barna's quoting. A biblical worldview was defined as believing that um, absolute moral truths exist. Yes. That such truth is defined by the Bible. Yes. And then this article, very interestingly, Pastor Brennan, in, in a firm belief in six specific religious views, and, and he names these six. Yes. Those view that, number one, Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. Two, God is the all-powerful and all-knowing creator of the universe, and he still rules it today. Yes. Number three, salvation is a gift from God and cannot be earned. Four, Satan is real. Six, uh, sorry, five, uh, a Christian has a responsibility to share their faith in Christ with other people. And lastly, number six, um, and the Bible is accurate in all of its teachings. Um, it, it, we've even touched I, on some of those yeah. already, haven't we, with Genesis yeah. 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heaven but, and but the earth. But, you know, here's yeah. the thing, Pastor Brandon, because, you know, we're both pastors and we were... Sure. Uh, you know, uh, 
I often, when I hear the word worldview, I just think it's the way we see the world. Yes. Uh, it's almost like a set of lenses, uh, uh, glasses yeah, in which we, we see life. It's a filter yeah. through which we see life. But, you know, the, the thing about a worldview is um, you, each of us has a particular worldview, uh, whether we consciously or unconsciously know that we have a very specific worldview, which can be almost diametrically opposite to people in our oh, culture and in our families. Yes. But here's the thing I want to share, Pastor Brandon, is... A lot of the things I just read in this this article, I, I was kind of, you know, the just short paragraph. I was like, yep, I believe that, I believe that, I believe that, I believe that, I believe that. And then, then it dawned on me, I've got a Christian world, biblical worldview, and I don't see it as, it's just how I see life. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, when we're Is talking about worldview. your actions, though? I'd like to say so. <laughs> well, but, you've quoted six parts, haven't you? Yeah. You've six points here. Do you agree with all those six points? I'd like to say so. Yeah. And, and I okay. guess what I'm trying to say is, I guess where I want to go, what I want to say here is yeah. um, we all have a worldview. And the interesting thing about connecting with people is that people have different worldviews. They do. And um, and I guess what I'm sharing with our worldview is, uh, I guess as we're starting off our weeks, uh, our theme for the week about having a biblical worldview is that, um, is that Christians have a, a way, just like anyone else, uh, Christians have a way of seeing ultimate reality, truth. Yeah. Seeing the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was interesting that the, that this article kind of, Defined it in some type of yeah. six categories. Now, obviously, there's there's more. There can be more or less. I, li- I like that what you presented, right? But you got to remember one thing about all the six points that you said. Yeah, they are all absolutes. Okay, so that brings into this um, worldview that, about that plays into what a biblical worldview is. Yeah, surely. And, and as 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 soon as you said and that, some possibly, people would have problems with that. Today. Exactly. I was even just, even Christians. Yeah. I was just about to say that, yeah. that even that statement, that first part, that moral truths exist, absolute moral truths. Some people don't believe that. Yeah. And, you know, as you know, you're talking in the break, Pastor Renan, you know, we're talking about how we, you know, in your when you weren't as busy in these last couple of weeks, you were able to watch a couple of YouTube videos, and I'm on YouTube all the time, and one of the things I like watching is Christian apolo- apologists. Oh, yes. You know, yeah. Christians uh, who kind of, could these Christian... Um, folks who go into secular campuses and basically defend the, the veracity, you know, the truthfulness of scripture. And I've yeah. got one guy in my mind in particular, but, but yeah, he, you know, it's quite a challenging space oh, to be in. It's a challenge. Because you see how they go out there in these very secular campuses across yes. the United States, yeah. across the world. And man, the, the, the fervor and, um, the passion to which, <laughs> Yep. Their, their statements and their presentations yes. are challenged and, yep. you know, especially some, some subcultures within our culture, um, I won't name names, but, um, they're very against biblical worldviews. Yes. How very can you believe in a God? How can there be such thing as truth? Well, that's your truth, but that you can't impose your truth there, of mine. How can there be absolute? Truth? Yeah. They don't so, believe there is an absolute truth. Yeah. So it's interesting, but can I make a point yeah, go ahead. about that as we keep going? through this. Uh-huh. I've, I've put a few points together. First one I've mentioned is where did we come from? Well, we mentioned the fact right. that we believe we were created by God. Is that subject to debate? Yes, it is. But if you want a biblical worldview, this is where it starts. Now, imagine you're a Christian who believes in theistic evolution. Yep. How, how do you handle the issue of the God who put all the toys there and said, do with them as you wish? I'm going back to heaven. I've done my bit. 
How do you then say that that same God comes down sometime later, 2,000 years later or 3,000 years later and says, I'm going to die on the cross of Calvary for your sins? And you go, really? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. So I guess what you're highlighting even there is even within Christianity, there's a bit of debate amongst some of these things that this we would... This is why the question is yeah. asked, should Christians have a worldview? The yeah. answer is, I believe that, yeah. yes, they should. Yes. But do they? Yeah. Do they? That's yeah. the question. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we're going to go to a break in just a few yeah. moments, but um, do you want to wrap up that final thought on this idea of um, where you were just heading with that previous statement there, Pastor Brennan? Yes. Um, I believe that we, we are created by God yeah. and that we are accountable to him for the planet on which we live and all the rest of it. But you know what? To come back to what you were saying, and I know this is perhaps deviating just a little sure. bit. Sure. There's a story told many years ago about uh, a very famous actor who was at a party and there was a minister at the party as well and they asked the actor to um, quote the shepherd's psalm, Psalm 23. So he did it with a real operatic flourish, you know. And okay. Was, yep. Oh, at the end of it, they were all clapping. They were <coughs> just about standing on their feet. They were so impressed. Then they asked the minister, could he say the shepherd's psalm? Oh, no, please don't tell me how it ends. Just quietly and humbly he, he said it. At the end of it, the actor said to the audience, he said, I knew the psalm, the minister knew the shepherd. Wow. And I think that's a valid point in this whole argument of should Christians have a biblical worldview. If you don't know the author, if you don't know the creator... Oh probably having a biblical worldview isn't going to do you much good. Yeah. But if you believe that God created you, that he has made you accountable, and then one day soon he's coming back to take you to be with him, it strengthens the likelihood that your biblical worldview will hold up yeah. under all sorts of criticism or examination. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably wow, that, that's a Wow, that's a quite an insight that you've, you've got me thinking about that um, That. Beautiful thought there. So thank you for sharing, Pastor Brennan. Um, so we're going to go to a break uh, now. We're going to promote our book offer. I hope you're enjoying out there in Radio Land, enjoying our conversation. If you want to maybe add a comment or a suggestion or a question even for Pastor Brendan, um, 04888-80811. But that's the same number for our book offer, which we're going to promote right now. Absolutely. So our book offer, one more time, if you missed it earlier on the top of the hour, the book that, we, that we'd like to uh, promote is How to Study Your Bible, an introduction, and that is by... Uh, author and evangelist uh, Peter Gregory. He says, it's one thing to believe the Bible and accept that it is a message from God, but it's quite another thing to know how to read it, to study it, and to discover the divine message within it. Um, in this book, what Peter does, he provides you with tools that you need to understand God's Word. He offers step-by-step insights that will deeply enrich any Bible study experience and revive your Christian walk. Hey, if you like this free copy, all you need to do is text the code SA200, that's SA200, to our number 04888-80811, and we'll get that book out to you as soon as we can. How to Study Your Bible by Peter Gregory, if you would like a free copy for yourself or for a friend, zero, uh, SA200 is the code. You need to text that code to 04888 80811. We're going to go to some music now. Please uh, hang around. We'll be back in just a few moments. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQA.
That was Chris Rice, There Is A Fountain. What a beautiful song. How true it is. We hope you've been enjoying our program so far. It's Pastor Will and Pastor Brenton here in the studio as we're looking at the theme, How Reasonable Is A Biblical Worldview? And we've been attempting to look at the specific question today, What is a biblical worldview? Does the Christian church indeed have a biblical worldview? So Pastor Brenton, we've got about 10 or so minutes to go in our live show today. Um, any further insights into this this question of biblical worldview and do does the Christian church have one? Well, put it this way, you could go into any Christian church pretty much around the world, I think. Uh-huh. I don't think you would find a statement up the front saying this is our biblical worldview. 
uh, I believe as a Christian uh, community of faith, we should have a biblical worldview, as I said at the start. What I'm also mindful of and also concerned about is the fact that um, I think a biblical worldview to be effective has to be an individual matter as well. And we were talking off air while the song was on, where the story I told before we went to the break. Love it. You've actually found it up. Yep. And for those who are listening, might remember the famous actor Richard Burton. It was Richard Burton who actually uh, quoted the psalm. Right. And I think a lot of people who listen would remember Richard Burton. But moving along, we've touched on where did we come from. We came from the hand of God. We've touched on the fact that um, (coughs) we are here on this earth to look after God's creation. That therefore involves us as Christians, I believe, in the movement of looking after the resources on this planet and also the animals and the birds and the plants and that sort of thing that God has placed here. Yeah. We're also aware as Christians, part of your biblical worldview surely uh, should include the fact that because of sin, everything has been skewed. Uh, the planet is not in the state that it was in when God created it. We have sin, we have disease, we have suffering, and our topic today is not on any of those things. But I'm mindful of the fact that God did do something about it. In Genesis 3.15, he said, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. It shall bruise your head, and you will bruise his heel. heel, Now, he was speaking to the serpent when he made that statement, and what's significant about the statement is that he will bruise your head is in the singular. It's not a statement made about a group of people. It, Satan would have understood it to mean or un, understood it to be that somebody was going to come and deal him a death blow. Because if you strike somebody's heel like a snake biting you on the heel, yes, it can be painful and it can be all the rest of it, but generally it's not fatal. But if you strike the serpent's head, he's dead. And so that's the very first prophecy um, mentioned in Scripture. And I'm mindful of what uh, Jesus said in Mark 10 and verse 45, where he said the Son of Man has come to give his life as a ransom for many. So part of our biblical view, worldview should be, surely, where did we come from? Why are we here? Yeah. What's happened as a result of sin? What is God doing about the situation in regard to sin? And, of course, next week, when we get into next week's program, you remember our next week's topic is going to be what? Why is, why is the uh, creation in such a mess? Yep. <laughs> We're going to be studying that topic <clears throat> next week. I believe there's some valid points here in uh, Deuteronomy 30, verse 15 and 16 that I'd like to read. I know our time is short, but I think we can summarise these reasonably. No problem. Uh, While you're doing that, just want a quick shout-out to Darren, who's uh, texted us uh, here in the studio. Darren is. And um, he says, love... Great to hear from such great listening to you guys about the Bible. Thanks, Darren. We know that you're a long-time listener of Faith FM. We just want to give you a shout-out, and we appreciate you listening in today. Okay. In Deuteronomy 30, Deuteronomy is a book, you would call it um, Moses' last sayings, and he says right. this. 
But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I'll go back to verse 15. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. In that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. Now, <clears throat> we have what's called antinomianism in the Christian church these days, the, the belief that the laws of God have been done away with, that they're no longer valid. Now, he's making a statement to the children of Israel here, and you would ask yourself the question, surely, why would that only be valid for them and not valid for us today? If we are obedient to God, can we expect his blessing? I believe we can. <clears throat> right. And so he's, he's telling them again in verse 19 to choose life, choose life. And so we, we go on down to where have we come from? Why are we here? What is God doing about the sin problem? Where is it all going to end? Titus 2.13 tells us something along these lines. So looking forward and hastening the um, glorious day of a the coming of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. It's the only time in the whole scripture that that term is actually used. And in Matthew twenty four thirty one, we're told that Jesus will send his angels to gather together his elect from the four winds of the heavens. So I think a good place to finish would be Second Peter 3. And we'll read these verses, I think, in the summary. Will, because sure. they're very, very relevant. Most people will know them, but if they don't, and they're hearing them for the first time, this is good. Verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Then he says in verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come as the thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? We talked about how your belief system should affect your behavior, yeah. your actions. Here's a very good verse that deals with exactly that particular topic. <coughs> In previous, in earlier verses here, back in about verse 7, he talks about the flood. He talks about creation. He talks about um, how the earth is going to be destroyed at the end of time. So what's interesting, and a word of warning, I guess, as we're finishing, we're talking about a biblical worldview. If a biblical worldview is not based on God's word as inerrant, you run the risk of what it tells you in 2 Timothy 3.5 and 2 Timothy 4.3, and it says this in both of those. And I'm just turning over to them as quickly as I can. The first five verses of 2 Timothy 3, you know them. Men will be lovers of themselves, da dee da dee da all the rest of it. We come down to verse 5. <laughs> Having a form of godliness, but yeah. denying its power. Could that be dealing with Christians who claim to be Christians but don't have a biblical worldview? Correct. And then you come over to chapter 4. In summary, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, note what Paul says, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. 
<coughs> it's rather interesting. I have done a bit of research some of our, on some of our leading televangelists in America. One of them in particular, whose name I won't mention on air, but uh, you do your own research, you'll find that he was interviewed once by a newspaper, a reporter, as to what he was trying to accomplish. He said to make people feel good about themselves. Wow, okay. Now, I ask the question, is that part of what a biblical worldview should look like? I think um, the Council of Peter, in Second Peter 3, verse 11, what sort of people ought you to be in all holy conduct while you're looking for and waiting for the return of Jesus Christ? If we're talking about a biblical worldview and what should it look like, I believe that's what it should look like. Yeah. And that's something I would like to challenge our listeners to Study the Word of God to obey its precepts, to obey the counsel it gives in regard to behaviour, because what God looks at is not just the belief system, it's how it's translated into action, how we treat one another, the Good Samaritan, if you will, so on and so forth. I think that's probably a good point to finish our study for today. Well, thank you, Pastor Brenton. Uh, You've done us... uh done a great job in, in introducing the subject for today that will lead us with our team for the rest of the week uh, so unfortunately our time's up for today I want to thank you to all of our listeners who have been listening into our show for this last hour uh, Darren we want to thank you again for texting in and for those who have been listening in we want to thank you for joining in uh, please join our host tomorrow Ricardo and Marty as they Pastor Ricardo and Pastor Marty as they will look at the question how did we get the Bible and so um, they'll be unpacking that part. Interesting topic. And uh, again, we'll be promoting that book offer. So please uh, join in tomorrow and uh, we hope to see you then. But until then, we want to leave you, as always, with the words of our Savior, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He says in the Gospel of John 14 and verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And that's from the words of Jesus Christ. And so on behalf of the Faith FM Drive Time team, we want to say may God richly bless you. We hope you have a wonderful week and we'll hope to see you next time. God bless.